I always love to get the chance to talk to Aaron Dunn, Keystone Financial, but you find them at keystocks.com. And the reason is straightforward, besides Aaron's a wonderful guy, but I mean, their research has been exceptional. Their returns uh, have been exceptional. I've already been talking with Ryan Irvine too. He's been looking at, you know, sort of smaller growth cap uh, stories uh, that turn into big growth cap in so many areas, but also Aaron's had a wonderful run here when talking about quality stocks, uh, you know, that have a dividend yield. Uh, they do a great job with that. So for no further, I could keep going on and on. As you probably know, if you're a regular uh, a listener, I do that. But no, let's get Aaron in here instead. <laughs> Aaron, thanks for finding time for us. Oh, happy to do it. Ha- really happy to be back here. And, and, and thank you for your kind words. Appreciate that. Well, I'm really excited. I mean, World Outlook Conference coming up February 3rd and 4th, as you know, we have uh, we have worked with you guys. You guys have put out the small cap portfolio, and then we expanded it quite a few years ago into another section, which you handled, which was, you know, sort of the quality stocks that have dividend yields, and all of them have been spectacularly well, but we're in a different environment, you know, since I mean, I've talked to you since, but, you know, you look at back last February, you know, and we look at the bank rate, it's gone up 1,700%, you know, since that February conference. Uh, you, I mean, people don't need me to tell them when it comes to their mortgage rates, uh, their GIC rates, though, too, and the bond rates. How has that changed the environment that you're operating in, given that you look for quality with dividend yield? Right. So it, it, in terms of the long-term investing strategy, it, it, it doesn't change anything. And one of the reasons why in the dividend space, we've always focused on dividend growth stocks is because these are companies, they're not just paying an attractive yield, but it's a, it's a strong company. It's a growing business. They're producing cash flow, free cash flow, and they're growing their dividend over time. So in many cases, you're more than offsetting the inflation just with the dividend growth. And there, there, are, a number of, there, there are a number of reasons to focus on dividend growth stocks or invest in dividend growth stocks. But one that's very topical right now is that you do have the opportunity to offset some of that inflation. Now, obviously, with all of the fears about what's going to happen with the economy, the higher interest rates, you know, that's creating a lot of volatility in the market. It's creating a lot of um, negative investor sentiment. And just even from a fundamental perspective, I mean, if you're a company that has debt and a large percentage of that debt is variable, then that completely changes you know, your, your, your economic reality right now have, with interest rates having come up. So we've seen that. So it's, it's, you know, we've always paid very close attention to the balance sheet. We want companies that are great businesses growing, but also that have what we call a solid financial foundation. And that really comes down to the balance sheet, not too much debt. You can have debt. That's an absolute requirement for some companies in capital intensive industries, but they have to be reasonable levels of debt, manageable, um, and also just manageable when uh, when when the market changes. So, you know, there's um, there's there's a lot of opportunities out there. Some stocks have performed extremely well. Some have not performed well in the current market. Some are producing great financial performance and offsetting inflation with growth, and they still haven't performed well. So, there's, I mean, it's it's in some ways it's very exciting. And um, you know, we're right now we're actually in the process of doing a huge research project in the dividend area. It's called our, our Dividend All-Star Report. And it's we look at every company in the Canadian dividend market. That's 350 stocks. We research every single one. We provide coverage on all of our existing recommendations. We make a couple of new recommendations. And then we provide you know, a, a 10 to 15 stock monitor list of companies that, that investors have to watch. So it's, uh, yeah, there, there are some really interesting opportunities out there. Let me just ask you as a sort of a benchmark, uh, talking, uh, you know, again, last February, 
and I know this is a very broad question, but just kind of an idea, if you were a quality stock, what kind of dividend yields were you seeing then compared to now? Well, for quality stock, you know, it's, it's interesting because in most cases, the dividend yield hasn't really changed a lot. I mean, for a lot of our companies, you know, there's been some volatility, but it's not been in the dividend state in the dividend space. Most of them have been pretty staple. But, you know, I would say, you know, previous to the to the interest rate hikes, you know, you're probably for quality dividend stocks looking at the three to four percent dividend yield range, maybe a little bit higher from some select opportunities that have a little bit less growth, but still some growth. And now you could maybe add, you know, maybe a percentage on top of that, right? So yeah. maybe you're looking more to the four to five percent. No, it's, it's interesting. Uh, give us an example of one you're looking at now. And this is, again, we're not giving financial advice in a way. People know what their own circumstances are, what fits in their own portfolio, et cetera, et cetera. But I still want to, you know, an example, you can work us through something that you're looking at now. As you said, you put a number of stocks on your radar, you follow them, then you pull the trigger or sell either way. I mean, you give advice on both sides, but give us an example of one you you sort of put on your radar now. Sure. I mean, I, I would love to. And if this is actually going to be, I'm going to give you what I consider to be our, our number one core um, uh, income growth stock right now. And that's that's Brookfield Infrastructure. So it's VIP.UN um, on the TSX, $45 unit price right now. It pays a yield right now about 4.5%, right? So they're a global infrastructure stock, high quality assets, ports, data centers, railways, utilities. And this is actually, this isn't something that just came on our radar. We originally recommended the stock in 2011 at 960, right? It's trading today, as I said, $45, but they have paid out over $20 in income distributions over that time. So double the original purchase price. And the this, this stock continues to perform. So just in the last quarter, cash flow per unit up 12%, expect 12 to 15% growth in 2023. Now, why I'm talking about this right now? Well, there's a number of reasons, but what I want to focus on is inflation. People are worried with the income stocks about how inflation impacts the, the various companies. With Brookfield Infrastructure, 75% of their revenues are indexed to inflation. Another 10% are, are inflation protected. So not only is inflation not a risk to them, it's actually a growth driver. It's part of their 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 it's part of what's driving the growth in the company. 90% of the of the debt is 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 at fixed rates. So that's something it's you know, it's not a high variable debt structure. They increase their income distributions every year, just did an increase of 6%, lots of growth, um, nearly tripled their capital backlog over the last year, 6.4 billion right now. One of those things is an agreement that they signed with Intel. They're going to invest $15 billion in Intel's new chip manufacturing facility in the United States. So this is, again, it's all about the reshoring post-COVID. You don't want to have all your chips manufactured outside of your borders, and they're benefiting from that. Um, but just tremendous track record historically. We think that the fundamentals have never been stronger, and we we continue to see it as a core income growth holding. And just just a couple of quick questions around that. First is, how long should I expect to hold that? You know, I mean, you know, I always and Victor and I always make a very strong distinction between: Are you talking about trading? Are you talking about that kind of stuff? Are you talking about investing? I mean, this is an investment. But just from your experience, and you guys do a ton of seminars at Keystone. Uh, you know, dealing with people, how to build a portfolio, what kind of time frame would you sort of broadly suggest here? Right. Great question. And you know me, I mean, when I'm talking stocks, I'm never talking about trading. I'm always talking about investing. So when we look at a company as a new recommendation or a new purchase, we want to give that company, we want to have a minimum time horizon of one 
to three years. That's what we think is a reasonable time horizon to allow that company to execute their strategy and allow any short-term mar market volatility to work its way up. However, if you have a great company, my, my ideal time horizon is forever. And those, those are words right out of Warren Buffett's mouth, right? Like, like I said, with, with Brookfield Infrastructure, we've had coverage on the stock for over 10 years. We've put out about 30 buy recommendations over that period of time. And right now, you know, the fundamentals have never been better, right? So we continue to, to recommend it as, as a core holding. Um, if something changes, we're happy to sell it and move on to something else. But as long as the company is continuing to grow, continuing to perform, and the valuation doesn't get, um, doesn't get too expensive, then we'll, we'll continue to hold it. And there's no reason why an investor shouldn't. And again, I want to emphasize uh, for people that I'm talking about the approach that you guys take at Keystone. And, you know, we were using an example uh, of, of Brookfield. Uh, so just very quickly, what's the dividend yield on it? Yes, about 4.5% right now. So with the dividend tax credit, you're more nudging up towards six. I'm glad yeah, you sorry, the equivalent of six if it was I'm, an interest bearing. Sorry. I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that because BIP.UN pays an income distribution. It's not an eligible dividend. Um, however, mm -hmm. so you're actually going to get a little more tax on that depending on where you hold it. However, if you're concerned about that, you can also get the other class of shares, which is BIPC, and that is just an eligible dividend. And the yield on that is about 3.5%, maybe, maybe a hair higher. That gives you the full tax credit. You're basically investing in the exact same company. Um, I, I personally think you can go either way. Typically, though, if you're holding it in RSP, I've said, you know, going the .un is, is generally the best. But I mean, the, everybody's tax situation is different. Yeah, but within an RSP, it's not taxable at that moment. You know, it's not just when you, when you take money out of, the, out of the fund and they don't make a distinction. It's considered income when you take money out of your RSP. But I'm glad, I'm glad. It just reminds people there is a question, the one I just asked. Is mm -hmm. it eligible for the Canadian dividend tax credit, no matter what we're talking about? The other thing that uh, I find interesting, and I've got, I, I would put a big check mark by what you're doing, is considering the impact of inflation, because a lot of companies are really suffering, and depending on, they may more be more interest, uh, sorry, inflation sensitive. You know, if it's using a, a ton of oil and gas, for example, I don't know. I'm just throwing out examples, but the cost of mm -hmm. doing business has gone up. So I think it's really important, as you've said, to look at okay, well, how will this fare in an inflationary environment? Oh, I mean, you, you have to, and I'm not trying to predict um, where inflation is going to go in 2023. I mean, I can, we could, that's a whole other segment probably, and we could talk about that. What I want to do is I want to build a portfolio with a mix of different types of growth stocks. Some of these staple names like Brookfield Infrastructure, some more exciting themes, higher growth, uh, even in the technology space, but really companies that have essential, essential services, essential assets, solving important problems. Um, and that are growing and, and have that strong that strong foundation um, of, of a strong balance sheet. And if you do that, then over time, that's the way you're going to build a robust portfolio that's going to perform in any market. And then you don't have to predict what the Fed's going to do next month or what mood investors are going to wake up with um, in the morning tomorrow. Uh, it's interesting. Later on in the show, I'm going to talk with Ozzy Jurek because he sent me a note and he says, you know, I like this environment. He's talking as a buyer, as an investor, both. And he said, and I'd, I'd ask you the same kind of question that it would seem to me, one, there's not the panic out there in terms of, boy, I better buy it today. It's going up tomorrow at noon. You know, I mean, that sort of attitude that drove the market for a while. 
uh, now you can be more selective. And some of the stocks that maybe uh, got thrown out with the bathwater, that they maybe they didn't have a dramatic decline, but you still can get them at better prices than maybe you could have a year ago. Oh, absolutely. And there's no other sector where that is more true than in the U.S. technology space and software stocks. I mean, it's it's that that sector. I, I love it long term, but it just got so overvalued that the vast majority of great companies in that space just became un, uninvestable. Um, and now you have some, you know, market leading companies that are down 80, 90 percent. Mm. Um, and the, but the funny thing or not so funny is that it, that doesn't even mean that they're cheap. They were so overvalued that even after a 90% decline, most of them aren't even cheap relative to our metrics. But at least now you're getting in a range where you have like some great long-term innovative businesses where you can actually do some research and potentially invest in them. Well, I don't want to run out of time without asking you for maybe another stock, if you can give it to us. Yeah, absolutely. So because we just talked, I just had mentioned technology. Why don't we use that as a segue? And I'm going to talk about a U.S. tech company. That's a space that we're looking at very closely. We did a huge amount of research um, over, over the summer. So I'm going to talk about, about Microsoft, um, MSFT on the NASDAQ, trading at $244. You know, it's obviously everybody knows who Microsoft is. I've recommended it before in the past. Um, but when people think Microsoft, they think Windows, they think Office, but that's, that's the wrong way to look at it. Yes, they are the most diversified defensive software company in the world, but they're also the second largest cloud computing company in the world. And cloud, it's a huge theme in, in tech. It was absolute, absolutely essential during the pandemic, and it continues to be a huge theme today. I don't see that changing anytime soon. So Microsoft's number two in the cloud computing space in the world, but it's growing its market share while the number one player, Amazon AWS, is not. So right now, Microsoft, they own about 22% of the cloud market. That's up from 14% of the market five years ago. Amazon AWS, just basically more or less stagnant at 32%, right? And one thing that's really interesting is that there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of buzz right now about intelligent chatbots, um, uh, GPT-3, and you know a lot of talk about that. We're getting questions and it's like, well, is this legit technology and how do you invest in it? Well, first of all, yes, it's more than legit te technology. It's, it's the next level, right? But how do you invest in it? The best way to do that right now is to buy Microsoft. And the reason for that is that Microsoft has a partnership and a major investment in a company called OpenAI. That's the company that developed GPT-3, which is by far the most powerful language model in the world right now. So Microsoft has exclusive rights, the preferred partner. They also have exclusive rights to offer OpenAI's models through their cloud computing platform Azure, right? So we think that gives them another competitive advantage that supports their continued growth in the cloud market, if they were to ever catch up and surpass Amazon, that would be absolutely huge for their valuation. Um, and not to mention just the growth in, in, in earnings. Now, they've come off three incredibly strong years where, you know, a, a $2 trillion company is growing their earnings at, you know, 25, 30%. Um, so this year, we think that, you know, you're probably going to get flatter earnings growth. Um, but if you're looking like the next two, three years, we think that the stock is very attractively valued, about 25, 26 times earnings right now. That's growth at a reasonable price for what I would consider to be, you know, one of the more innovative companies in the world. And, you know, we would we would we would continue to buy it here. OK, I, I can't help myself. Let me uh, time's run out, but I'm still going to ask you for another. <laughs> you can ask me for another. OK, so now we're going back into dividends, right? Because there's, right? there's another company that I love. It's, it's smaller than Brookfield Infrastructure. 
Uh, but it's it's a great name. It's Exchange Income Fund, right? $50 a share is the price right now. Ch pays a yield of 1.5%. That is, that is just a straight dividend, a straight eligible dividend. So they're a diversified acquisition-oriented company. So they have businesses in aerospace, aviation, manufacturing, another long-standing recommendation. So we recommended them in 2010 at $14. As I said, $50 today. Over that time, they paid more than the original purchase price in dividends. And they just reported their best quarterly, their best quarterly performance um, in, in their history. Revenue was up 47%, adjusted earnings up 84%. They did two dividend cr increases this year, 16 dividend increases over the last 18 years. So their interest expense did increase, but the growth in their business more than offset that, well more than offset that. And they actually, the, the, the interest rate increases have actually made their acquisition strategy um, more attractive because they're reporting that there's less competition in the market and there's more opportunities for them to bid on some larger and some more interesting companies. Uh, once again, really good valuation, 15 times earnings, about 11 times free cash flow, tremendous track record. They just pump out the income. They pump out the dividends. They grow the dividend. Great management team and great business. So yeah, it's it's another one. We've, we've had it under coverage for a while, but I still think it's one of the one of the better names right now in the market. Well, I mean, all you've done is whet my appetite for the World Outlook Conference, for example, because you and Ryan will come by for Keystone and you'll provide your, your uh, World Outlook portfolio again. Never fail to do over double digit. I know you can't say that guarantees further returns. It's just like, I like my chances. Uh, so Aaron will be there. Obviously, Ryan Irvine will be there. And again, talking about some specific recommendations about what to do in the next year. But in the meantime, you can go to keystocks.com, keystocks.com. This uh, poor Aaron had nothing to do with this, but we phoned the office. We said, we need a Money Talks special. And so that's what they've gone. Just go to keystocks.com. You can click on the Money Talks special offer. We'll send it out to through Money Talks. You want to take advantage of it. Uh, again, it doesn't matter which area of the market you're in, whether you're in small cap, mid cap, growth, aggressive growth, or as you've been hearing with uh, Aaron, you know, solid growth and dividend growth, all of that part of that, but just go to keystocks.com. In the meantime, Aaron, I wish you, your family, a Merry Christmas and look forward to seeing you in February. Oh, absolutely. I can't wait to see you guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.